What's up, guys? We are live on the Cymatic Show with Sick Dope. What's up, man? Good. Chilling. How are you guys? Uh, doing good, man. Thanks for coming out here. It's, uh, I mean, it's always a hassle. I'm glad you guys took the time to like actually yeah. chill here for an extra day. I was really excited when Jake said you're down to do this because... Dude, like I was saying, L.A., man, we have to, like, it was easy getting people. Atlanta, like. It's a, it's a little bit harder here. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. I mean, there's not as many artists here. And the density in L.A., it's like, I mean, there's I mean, the whole industry walk, is based in Los like. Angeles pretty much. So it's definitely much easier, right, yeah. to get DJs. Yeah. And, and especially if they go into, like, random genres like hip-hop, they're like, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes like, who's Cymatics? EDM guys are like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are much easier to deal with sometimes. Yeah. Not always. Cool. You're doing yeah. a uh, little workshop, too, right? Yes. That's going to be after awesome. That. That's what we're going to do yeah. after that. So I'm going to actually premiere one of my unreleased songs, which oh, is exciting. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Awesome. Some, yeah. some production sauce. So for you guys watching this, definitely, we'll, we'll put a link up. Yeah, we're going to put it like a... I don't know if it's going to come out at the same time. Yeah, yeah we'll put like we'll an early to. access link Hopefully. to the workshop. Jack, when it's, when it's coming out? TBD. TBD, yeah. yeah. So. It's all good. Um, cool. So, first off, how was the show in Atlanta, man? It was crazy. That was my first show ever in Georgia. Oh, really? Uh, and that's funny because I've been touring in States since 2014-ish. Holy shit. Where'd you play um, So, uh, I played pretty much everywhere except Georgia. <laughs> so. No, I mean, where'd you play last night? Oh, that was Belief Musical. It's like it's one of the new venues. It's new venue. Oh, it's, it's a new nice. one? Yeah, I haven't it, heard of that. It got like this church vibe in it. So uh -huh. it's like, apparently that, that was like a real church. Uh -huh. And they uh, remodeled it to be like the venue. Was it the Irish Presents people? The same people did yes, Imagine? Yes, yes. So yeah. this is oh, the same cool. promoters that do Imagine Festival. Dude, dude yeah. th those guys started as like a small like club, like little event. Tiny. Kind of, like tiny. a few years ago and they're yeah. huge And then now. it wasn't that crazy and then the dudes started getting to the festival game and at first you think the festivals are going to fail but I mean, dude, Imagine's grown like pretty fast fucking huge it's stressful man like yeah. i would not like to be a promoter and doing festivals so much hustling it's Dude, crazy and then, and then you got the chance of the fire festival going down and yes <laughs> i would love to headline this festival man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah have you uh so like when you come to the venues and stuff do you i mean you've toured a shit ton do you remember every like venue or spot like as like that place or like you know um, what I'm saying? to be honest if that's the place like for example yesterday i do because mm -hmm. it was like kind of special not often you play in a venue which looks like church because mm -hmm. it was actually a church but like oftentimes it's tough to recall because i'm playing so many venues um but definitely there are a couple like special one in the world for example boots house which is like one of my favorite venues to play it's based in germany and uh the crowd over there is intense so yeah i think every dj should at least play there once in their career do you uh, play like different music in uh overseas yes here? i mean um Obviously, it's not me not trying to be myself, but like you cannot play the same thing everywhere. And I know that some DJs are doing this, that they play same set every single time. That's not me. I'm trying to adapt to like different mm -hmm. countries, different crowds. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think Europe's going to be the same as Atlanta, especially. It's different. Like for me, yesterday, I felt that Atlanta was like super bass heavy. Mm -hmm. uh, so the heavy stuff worked really, 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 really good yesterday. You get the ATL Ho chant? Oh, so much. It's so funny. I actually got a DM yesterday, uh -huh. and uh, this lady told me that don't be scared when people are going to be yelling ATL ho. I was like, whoa. <laughs> that means people are right. having a good time. Yes. <laughs> and I heard that a lot yesterday, so I guess they like my set. Yeah, no, it's funny. It doesn't matter like what kind of music it is. It could be super chill. It could be like, I'm talking Yeah, you like, can play like, I don't know, like fucking jazz. I'm going to be like, yeah, ATL ho, man. No, no, seriously. We, like, we talked right? about that. No, chill, <laughs> we've been to chill concerts like Shlomo. I don't know if you know who that is but uh, not really. he's like a he's like a super chill artist and they'll start mm -hmm. chanting it at his show really so yeah, it, only it only takes one what guy. was the reaction of the guy 
I mean, they just they keep playing, but like people, <laughs> but like in a in a, like a chill like vibey like kind yeah. of fully they, heavy. They beat, know how like. to get to the, everybody syncs up on that. Beat. <laughs> Usually, it's a good show though for sure. That was interesting, definitely. Yeah. yeah. No. So uh, one question I like to ask people: What is like your craziest tour story of like some wild thing happening while you're on tour that you're like? Right. Uh, so this one time when I was playing uh, New Zealand, somebody was trying to steal my shoes during my set. Wait, what? Yeah. Off your feet? Or? Off, off my feet. <laughs> <laughs> off my feet. So apparently, so That's hilarious. they told me that he was later on, uh, they told me that there's like this big thing in Australia where they do this thing called shoey where they put a beer in the shoe and the DJ need to chug it. So apparently that's what they tried. Force what, me like to do. upside down? Like the pouring they in just, the shoe? They just <laughs> pour, like, pour a beer into the shoe and just chug it. So that's what they was trying to do. But... Get you to chug your shoes? Yeah, yeah, man. Did but did I didn't do it. I was, no. I was, I was, I was, I was too scary, man. Well, that's fucking gross, man. That's I'm, gross. I'm pretty aggressive on stage in a, in a way that I'm, I'm like jumping a lot. Mm-hmm. So my shoes been nasty after my set. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely would not like to do it. Wait, so did, were they just pouring it in your shoe? Or was he trying to take it off or? So I thought they trying to steal my shoe, but they've been just trying to like make me do, to do a shoey thing. So surprise, yeah. security didn't like. Tackle them or something. No, they're, they're used they, to that. They they yeah, they, they're used to that stuff. Yeah, what do you need? Taking off his shoes? Yeah, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. That's kind of funny. Yeah. I, I saw... Uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean... I, I was going to say, I saw uh, in your uh, in one of your other interviews, you were talking about doing like eight-hour overnight DJ sets and like fucking yeah. like some old clubs or something that's, like that. That's how I started. That, that's how I started. Like, um, So I was DJing since 2000. 13 like 12 2012 i guess and like my first gig's been like eight hour gigs in bars mm-hmm. for like 50 bucks or like free beers you know like <laughs> free beers. yeah we're gonna give you free beers and like 50 bucks play a hour i was like fuck yeah <laughs> because i could i could i could practice so i didn't complain um yeah and i was the only dj to play the whole night since like 10 p.m to like 6 a.m damn yeah so that's how i started out what do you do when you have to pee or something I've been playing a long song and running upstairs, man. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so you got that track, yeah. the bathroom track. Like yeah, it. so like probably some techno song, which is like seven minutes long, so I can build, just yeah. go upstairs, you know, build up, peeing. Would you, would you say that that helped more with the, the practice side or the promotion side or the like reading audiences? Like what skills were you building when you were doing that? Uh, definitely appreciation that it always can be worse than you think it is. Like nowadays, I'm I'm so like privileged to travel only with like my backpack, USB sticks, and doesn't have to care about like gear mm-hmm. on stage because we got the riders now. Back when I was starting out and playing small shows in Poland, oftentimes, um, for example, this one time I was I was playing this gig. I didn't have management. I didn't have anything. I was like making contracts myself. You know, like yeah, yeah. That that was a hassle. So. I came to the venue and I had USB sticks, but they have different CDJs that doesn't doesn't read USB only only C- CD. Uh-huh. And I was like, how am I gonna to play my set now? And he was like, I don't care. So I've been like literally burning CDs like ten minutes before my set just to just to play just a to set. Play. Yeah, and that's how I started out. So definitely appreciation man because now my life is so much easier no i mean that's yeah. fucking awesome man yeah. i think uh i think a lot of people listening are still in that phase and like yes. to hear that there's yes like did, did you ever like worry like was it always your goal to be a touring producer uh i was a producer first and then i became a dj so um yeah i just i just love music in general so i was 
before music production, I was in a lot of bands, mm-hmm. um, doing vocals and shit, like in metal bands. Uh, so I used to like a heavy shit a lot since I was a little kid. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's interesting that like the more people we interview, almost everybody has like DJing. You know what I'm saying? As their experience. Do you think that plays like a role in like the producer kind of getting out of his shell a little bit from just being in the studio or, or what? I think that it's definitely easier nowadays to be only a producer. It's really tough to be only a DJ and not put out stuff mm. because you need to make stuff to stay relevant unless you're like Carl Cox or like a legend. But like it's really tough to be only a DJ nowadays. Uh, if you want to like make something big in this industry, in my opinion. So it's much easier to be only producer than being only a DJ. Interesting. No, what I kind mean, of I mean, music were you, uh, were you first producing when you first got started? Right? Uh, like, like underground drum and bass stuff. So I'm originally from Poland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole Polish market was like strongly influenced by uh, UK sounds so like drum and bass, dubstep. But like not dubstep in a shape that we can hear it nowadays. It was like kind of like underground, mm-hmm. deep, deep uh, yeah. dubstep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no. that was my that was my. Do you still make style. any of that stuff? Uh, from time to time, it's just 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 only for fun though. So yeah. Why don't you release it? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just scared that people are gonna be like, <laughs> whoa, what out. the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. There's some people that release some drum and bass every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still like to drop some drum and bass uh, tunes in my sets, but like, I'm a I'm a I'm a huge like drum and bass guy, so I love playing oh, it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, that, that's sick. Do you ever? Uh, would you ever drop something completely out of your realm? Uh, like like uh, like the genre, just like something that's completely off of what you don't yeah, want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been experimenting a lot lately. So uh, as we talked briefly previously. I like to drop like some happy hardcore shit, pretty much everything. And like usually people are super surprised um, about my DJ sets because, for example, they know me only from like Snakes, which is like one of my biggest songs. And it's like a pure bass housey, housey song. Uh-huh. And then they go to my shows and they see me dropping like hardstyle and like dubstep. And like, whoa, like what the fuck? Like, yeah. I thought you're going to be playing house only. I'm like playing everything in my set. So Dude, not trying I, to I, I, bound I miss- myself to like anything particular. Yeah, I miss the happy hardcore days. Like back in the day where that used to shit used to be Dude. popular. I used to listen to that all, like all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that super fast yeah. fucking. Yeah. No, the faster the better, man. I've been uh, experimenting a lot lately with like 150. Dude, I noticed in that recent song that, that was yeah. a fast ass house yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, it was. Or if it's uh, called house, I don't know if it's. It was one one fifty BPM. Yeah, I knew that sounded a little fast, but it was four on the floor still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the direction I'm trying to take. Um, like in the future so experimenting a lot with like 150 140 uh four four yeah four out of four um mm-hmm. beats yeah how, how do you split your time between like sound design and production at the beginning because i know you do like a lot of <clears throat> synthy drops and stuff yeah um it's funny because like i know that some of the producers like to spend days on like making patches only mm-hmm. and i usually make patches on the fly so i'm sitting and i don't have like split days between like production and like making patches i'm just doing whatever i feel like on a day mm. i know it sounds messy but like that's no, just that's the way fine. i, I work yeah 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 um real, real quick if one of those chairs are botched <laughs> and that squeak it's because i fucked up that chair they, they have better roller chairs that might yeah, be better because oh i'm already God, thinking that no it's not yeah, your it's fault gonna, it's literally it's me in the background. yeah because th- those chairs kind of like they kind of i mean they're they look cool but they kind of suck <laughs> I don't want people in the podcast to be like, what is that squeaking sound? Like the comments just fucking <laughs> they always do that. go down to that squeaking sound. 
Um, dude, I already like hearing about a lot of this stuff, man. I think it's uh, super interesting. Like, I don't think I've had, I don't think we've had somebody say that their best like thing is like appreciation. Yeah, and I mean because my beginnings was not easy at all because I had to like work nine to five job. Uh, working on music at nights, playing those eight-hour gigs on weekends. So that kind of teach you, like, appreciate uh, where you are now. Like being a touring DJ where I don't have to care about contracts right there because I have an amazing management who's, like, taking care of that. Mm -hmm. My life is so much easier now, like, for real, for real. What, what job did you have? Like, what was your uh, job? So I was just having, like, a typical office job, like, doing some shit on the computer. It was not not interesting at all yeah. <laughs> the most boring job ever man how yeah. long did you do music before you actually started doing it full time uh i would say for around four years hmm. so it was it was like really tough and especially being a guy from like a small country because poland is not so big mm -hmm. um it was tough man it was tough but like i was like fortunate enough to meet um borgor asaf mm -hmm. who pretty much helped to shape my career because he opened uh, the doors to his uh label and then management company and then everything took off after how'd you that. meet him uh we met when he was playing show in poland um so i was like can i come and he was like fuck it dude come over uh i showed him some of my songs he was like dude i want to sign it so he signed some of my old songs. Then we made a collab together called Unicorns on the Apocalypse, which was yeah, like a massive, mm -hmm. massive fucking hit. Like right now it has like 100 million plays. Um, Is that your biggest song? I think so. If, if it comes to like counts um, of views, probably yeah, probably yeah, probably yeah. yeah. What, what, what do you think made that song go off? Was it timing? Because like, it was like, what, five years ago at this point? It was 2014. Yeah, I think... Uh, the title, which is like, who the fuck calls song Unicorn Zombie Apocalypse? You know, like, there's, there's like no meaning behind no, I that. I remember when that came out, everybody was talking about it because they were like, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? <laughs> and it's catchy. Like, um, people like to sing on the drops and you can sing the main melody of, of the drop, like the vocal lead. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, people people loved it, especially in like South America, Europe. It was like a massive, massive hit record. Yeah, no, that's fucking crazy, man. Um, I've heard Borgor is like a really smart dude behind the scenes, like he running is. a lot of shit. He's a really good producer, a uh, really good musician. Uh, he's a really good drummer too, because he used to play drums mm -hmm. in a metal band. And it's funny because a lot of producers nowadays, especially dubstep guys, they have something to do with like metal or like rock or like mm -hmm. heavy scene. Um, and usually there are like super talented musicians too, not only like produ like producers or DJs. Who's the best producer you've seen in the studio? Um, like worked with, or somebody that's or just, really or just seen you. in person. Yeah. Uh, it's tough to say. Like, there's so many talented guys nowadays. Uh, if it comes to like mix downs, I love what what Zombo is doing now. Like God, so his shit loud. sounds so clean, so loud. I'm fucking impressed, man. Like this he went guy to knows for that shit. I'm pretty sure, right? He and what's funny, he also started like doing sound engineering for like metal bands. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know why, but like those metal people, they know their shit, man. Yeah, he's really good, man. Yeah. He's probably one of the best technical producers. I used to just sit there and study all his songs and Ozone. Right. Just trying like, to figure out how Luke. the fuck did you get it so loud, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, it's also like years ago, his mix sounds better than people today. 
you know it's crazy because like for example when i listen to my old songs from like 2000 like whatever Mm -hmm. i'm embarrassed and like his old shit is still playable nowadays which is crazy i always say that i right yeah somebody got mad at me about because i made a status a while back about how zomboy shit from like five years ago it's still good the people it's still good and that's crazy and i think that can tell you that if somebody's good and same with Skrillex, you can still play his songs mm-hmm. and they still fucking Go sound off. huge, you yeah. know? So, yeah, got to appreciate those people, man. Yeah, I mean, I think there's pure sound design knowledge and, like, technical yeah. knowledge is just so, so yeah. far superior, you know? I think a lot of people get helped by, like, better samples and stuff today. Talk about even, like, of kicks course. and stuff. But, like, back in the day, they were just, that was them, you know? It's, I mean, it's so much easier now, too, because there's an internet, there's guys like you who, like, help make, like, patches so producers can learn stuff. Like, when I was starting out, there was nothing. So you get Definitely the, not the tutorials. I mean, right, no tutorials. Make, like, yeah. Probably, like, five tutorials on, on YouTube, but, like, that's it. And Dude, nowadays, there's this kid, Nasco, that's, like, 18 that works with us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that kid makes tutorials, that, and his songs sound like Zomboy level. Yeah, it's and crazy. He's like, crazy. And he's just showing everybody how to make that music. You didn't yeah. have that back in the day. Definitely. So... I think it's good, man. I think it's good. I think that industry is growing in a way that um, those kind of things are really helpful for like a young guys who are trying to, you know, like make their name in the industry. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think it's like nowadays, like 2019 versus when you came up? Do you think it's harder or easier to become successful? I think it's industry? harder because the market is so saturated. Like everybody wants to be a DJ and producers now. And I think it's tough, especially when you don't have like proper management. It's really tough to like get lost because this industry tends to be vicious and mm-hmm. people are trying to take advantage out of you. So you need to be careful. So yeah, it's definitely tougher now, unless you got like proper people behind you who are supporting you and like telling you what to do and guide you for this mess because this industry <coughs> tends to be like vicious sometimes. What yeah. would you do if you just had to start over right now? Um, no name, no connections. Like no nobody, name, nobody no connections. Knows it's a different universe. I mean, that was me. That was me when I was starting out because there was like pretty much uh, no market for like bass music in, in Poland. So it was like super commercial or like super underground. And I wanted to be like in the middle because my mm-hmm. sound is not commercial. It's not like super underground. So it was like super tough for me. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't change anything. Uh, because I've been like grinding and I would grind again. So yeah, that's just, just me. Reach. By the way, I was going to ask you, how did you actually reach out to Borbor? I just DM him on Twitter. It's funny because... you can still do that and have good results? Twitter's it... better than other ones. Yeah, yeah I noticed Twitter's I pretty think good for that. that Twitter is, is much better to use than, than Instagram because on Instagram, I even tend to like lose some, some messages people yeah. send me because you get so many messages mm-hmm. and Twitter, you got always popping uh, notifications on DMs. Uh, at least for me so it was it was it was definitely easier yeah instagram and, and twitter all the way yeah, yeah and I, uh, youtube i guess too you know? like youtube's hard though it's not you, you gotta keep not, up with yeah. it and you gotta make a little bit better content first instagram, of all you can ship yeah yeah tons of likes <laughs> that's yeah. true man. instagram has like been life-changing for us like we started our instagrams like seven eight months ago and it was before we were like you know cymatics brand was you know, relevant and stuff like yeah. that. But like what Instagram did for us, it made Steven and Drew kind of like the face of it. And like, dude, the reach has been fucking insane. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully Zuckerberg doesn't take it like Facebook. 
Of course, that would make me really sad. Yeah. Instagram dies. We're like, no, dude, we spent so no, much time and money growing no, our Facebook, man. and it's just fucking dead now. That's fucking terrible, man. <laughs> it's yeah, so it was kind of like a scam. Like, dude, if you think about it, they 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 told people to pay for promo to boost their Facebook likes, and then they pulled they publicly announced that they're pulling reach from Facebook likes. So that literally means you like promoted something, and then like you essentially killed off what you told people to pay for. That's you know crazy, especially for like us. You know, how the fuck are we gonna promote? anything on, on Facebook now you can it's it's almost impossible yeah groups yeah. are decent we're having a little bit yeah of yeah yeah with Facebook it's, groups, it's, but. it feels like Facebook has a ceiling you can't go past a certain point mm-hmm. but then things like uh, Twitter Instagram if you get more followers your reach will still go up but Facebook like hits a like a yeah. stops you know what I'm saying one of the reasons why I love Twitter is it's so much more personal. I can like type pretty much anything on Twitter what I think. Mm-hmm. And like Facebook like didn't give me this this feeling of like more personal, you know, like talking to fans. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I love Twitter so much. What what what's you guys' strategy right now for running like your socials and, and growing on that side of things? Uh we're still trying to use every platform. Uh it's important to to stay consistent. I think that's that's like the big factor. We just need to Put out content like mm-hmm. on a on a on a regular basis, or people are gonna forget about you. If you post more though on Facebook, I will say, or any platform, you're gonna get more engagement. Like if you're just consistent every single day, and every two days. Yeah, uh, we try to post more videos too. Videos tends to like mm-hmm. get like better reach um, on certain platforms. So yeah. Plus the, the shows you're playing, I mean, it looks sick on the Instagram. Like sometimes looking at these shows oh, thanks, with man. the fucking yeah. The, yeah. the fireworks and the, the shit going off. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. oh my god. What's yeah. the biggest one you played? Like like the biggest show, mm-hmm. most um, people. I think uh, like fifty thousand, forty thousand, somewhere <laughs> some somewhere in Asia. You get nervous? Like uh, not nervous, but excited. Like people ask me if I'm getting nervous uh, before shows. It's not being nervous. It's just being excited to fuck some shit up on stage, man. <laughs> and oftentimes, like um, because obviously you're not gonna be on your A game like every single time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just feel tired. I'm like fuck. I'm just like tired but then i go on stage and suddenly everything is gone i'm like focused and just giving 100 percent of myself i've been thinking about that how hard that must be for touring artists uh just like having to turn it on every day because i can't do that there's days where i just need to lay in bed and chill and maybe just do some work on my computer bro like yesterday like literally 15 minutes before my pickup i was sitting in my rope like fuck i just want to go to sleep (laughs) but then i came to the car i i get to the venue and i'm feeling the bass of the venue seeing the people Mm -hmm. hearing the bass you know i'm like I'm ready, man. I'm yeah. ready. I don't need like anything, any well, alcohol, any fucking substances. Music is like yeah, the best factor to like wake you up, man. That's amazing. So yeah. what's been? So I asked you about your craziest story. What's mm-hmm. been like your happiest moment or like the most memorable moment playing, like playing, well, um, like playing live? I think when I was playing this one festival in Asia, close to Bangkok, uh, which was probably my first show in Asia ever. It was like three years ago, or, like four years ago. And I played Unicorn Zombie Apocalypse, and everybody knew the drop melody. I was like, how the fuck people know me here? <laughs> and like the whole crowd was like singing the drop. That's insane. And I was shocked because that was my first time in Asia. I didn't know what to expect whatsoever. And like everybody knew my music there. I was like, wow. So it's really happening right now, you know? Like a surreal so moment. That was, that, was, that was crazy, man. That was crazy, yeah. Yeah, it's always crazy. Me and Drew talk about it. Like the first time that stuff happens, it always hits you a certain way. You yeah, because like suddenly you're like, oh shit, like the sounds I made in my bedroom are, are like affecting people now, which is crazy to think, you know? Yeah. Do you still produce in your bedroom? Uh, I have a studio, so it's 
it's not a bedroom, it's a, it's a proper studio. But when I was like starting out, it was my bedroom, AKA studio, you know? So yeah. Do you produce on the road at all? I do. Uh, it's tough because uh, I fucking hate making music on, on headphones. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's this one plugin that helped me a lot uh, from the company called uh, Sonarworks, mm -hmm. which is uh, they have different models of headphones, which is pretty much like EQ because headphones tends to like boost certain frequencies mm -hmm. and they uh, help you with flooding the signal. Oh, cool. So it kind of sounds more like playing on, on, on monitors. So it definitely helped me I, a lot. I know what you mean about headphones. I like playing on my speakers. I hate it, man. Yeah. I Dude, hate I've it. I've been producing on my laptop speakers lately for some reason. I've just been walking around my house, sitting down on my counter or wherever. Yeah. But, I mean, whatever works for you, man. Um, I saw you got married recently. Not recently, man. Like five days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the happiest day of my life, man. And this is the girl I've met 10 years ago. So she saw me like playing oh, those time, eight hour man. sets. Uh, so that was definitely a keeper, you know? Yeah. She, so she's seen it all. She's seen it all. She's heard it all because I was complaining a lot to her. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm so happy, man. Has, has being married like changed your mindset about your music project and how you prioritize things or even being a relationship in general? You know, like, I don't know why, because I felt that nothing is going to change. So in a way, nothing changed and everything changed because now I have a wife mm -hmm. and I kind of miss home more now. You know, like I've been out of home for like three days now and I, and I just want to come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she usually fly with me on tours, but like, unfortunately, now her last name changed. And she was like, yo, you don't need to do anything. I need to make new ID, new passport. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's why she's not there with me today, because she needs to make a new passport. That's uh, cool. She tours with you. I saw she you have a cat, too. I do have a cat. I have a cat tattoo. I have a tattoo of my cat. I love cats, man. I love cats. Dude, I have three cats in my I house. I have eight cats, cats in my mom's house. I grew up. Eight cats? Eight. Well, so I started with one. <laughs> and then this happened two times, right? So, I, Dude, I, so cats are kind of addictive as tattoos. Because like... <laughs> Once you do one tattoo, you're going to do second, third, fifth, yeah. and whatever. And same with cats. I got one cat, then you want to go like They're second cat, third cat. They're so good, man. Dude, you know what's weird? I, I always tell, if you don't have a cat, it sounds weird if you hear me say this. But right. like, I understand their language fully. Like the meows, yeah. everything. Yeah, like, yeah, I know yeah. when my cat's hungry. I know when it's stuck somewhere. I know like all the different little things my cat does. Same for me, man. I know when it's about to attack me. Like definitely. Yeah. So you just you just kind of like learn how to read their body language, you know. Yeah. I, I started with one, so I had this one little orange cat growing up. That was you know just one cat, mm -hmm. and then my mom like had a batch of kittens that she was like taking care of, and then we gave away two, but then there was three left. That's obviously amazing, stayed, but then she did it again. Like she saw some kittens, and her natural thing is let me take care of them. I'll find homes for them. She never finds the homes for the kittens. <laughs> like, you know, like what's <laughs> funny, like people who didn't ever like be with cats. They think that cats are mean, cats are vicious, but the truth is they're like super smart and super nice. Yeah. So they're, they're still pretty vicious. My cat on a regular <laughs> They tend to be, but like they got attitude. Yeah, have, it's like attitude. they got outdoor attitude. cats and uh, probably once or twice a week they bring in a squirrel into my basement. Oh, that's they, just like hunting. And, no, I know, but they're, they don't give a fuck. They're out yeah. there killing things every day. But with my, people, they're like cuddly. And yeah, my wife's cat, uh, which we had like a couple years ago, she used to like bring dead bats. Oh, from bats. bats. That's, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't see any bats around my house. I mean, I heard this nice thing that with cats, you just need to like earn their trust and, and respect. And with dogs, like dogs are like always going to love you. And like with cats, it's so much like tougher to like gain their like respect, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
No, it's really interesting. Damn, from EDM to cats. Holy shit, man. <laughs> dude, uh, that's what happens. Dude, I had an episode. This girl, uh, you know Leah Culver? No. Uh, she, um, anyway, she's a singer. She gets. She's talking about like a shooting when she first got to LA. Oh, damn. Luca Lush was talking about uh, getting choked out by a meth head. Like a crazy meth head and how like literally was so LA man. So ran- <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was Dude, in LA LA. Was sketch, bro. There was some sketchy LA parts in LA. Like it was fucking. Scary. I thought it was different. You know, I thought it was different than what I when I went there. You the know? thing that like shocked me the most, and not LA, but like in states in general, is the amount of like homeless people on, on oh, the streets. Yeah. I've noticed. Well, LA is yeah, really bad. LA is bad. bad. San Fran is bad. San yeah. Fran is so San Fran's bad. sad. Yeah. You'll see like a Gucci store, and then right outside there'll be a homeless person. It's, it's so sad. sad. Man. And like I don't understand if there's like that government doesn't have like any idea how to fix this stuff because I just I'm, don't think they care honestly. I mean, it's a diff, it's probably a difficult problem because you gotta yeah. think like a lot of it's not necessarily people who I mean one there's like the drug side of it but there's also like mental health a lot of people of course, yeah. have mental health issues yeah. so it's like. Yeah. It's not just to find them a home. It's like, wait, they need a, like a certain... And yeah, even if you find them a home... Like, like a lifestyle for them that, to fit that, into. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily last. You got to rehabilitate. Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough for them to adapt, you know? But like, it's sad. Like when I was first time in, uh, in Los Angeles and like I went to downtown, I was like, holy yeah, shit, like what Skid is that? Like, yeah, Skid Row is... I've, so never, I've never seen it, but it's horrible, occurred. man. Yeah. It's like tents all the way up and down the street. Yep. It's like a mini city inside a city, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, dude, L- L.A. was crazy, though, seeing the, because we stayed in the Beverly Hills, which mm-hmm. is probably not a normal experience, but, like, just seeing, like, the way the houses are built on the, uh, like, the mountainside and shit, it was, like, It was a little cool. sketch, especially with those earthquakes. Dude, like, we just lately, dodged it. we just yeah. dodged it. Yeah, yeah, like, Jake, my manager, he was like, damn, that was, like, the strongest earthquake I, I felt in my life. It? Did you? Yeah. yeah. Holy, oh, were you scared? And I, and I, like, what'd you do? Oh, uh, nothing. I just... I mean, I was about to run outside, and then it stopped. I under like, a vet. If I run outside, there's like the power lines. And I think you're supposed to run outside, or, right? I thought you're so, supposed yeah. to run under a, a frame or something. No, right? you run under a frame, you get squashed. No, no. Apparently, that's the strongest part of the helmet. Yeah, dude. And it's supposed to get under a table. Something. Yeah. And you just said, fuck it. You're just standing there. I didn't know that nothing. until after. I was like, I should probably Didn't know that until like, after. He's crazy, looking up all the stuff. What should I have done during the year? It was weird, though, because there were like three small ones, and then just one huge one. Oh. That's That's insane. And then the big one came. Oh, fuck that, man. I'm glad we don't have earthquakes. That's why I don't live in Los Angeles, man. Sketch. Dude, I lived in Florida. I always had to leave for fucking hurricanes. hurricanes like, oh, every yeah. Year. That's the worst, man. It's so annoying. I mean, you can say like anything about Poland, but the thing I appreciate is we don't have like those kind of disasters. There's yeah, like barely earthquakes, never. Georgia's pretty, pretty relaxed. Yeah. I think the only one we rarely have is tornadoes, but it's pretty rare. So... So, what are some some things about Poland, like uh, the people wise? It's like, a, what kind of place is it comparatively to U.S.? Uh, I love it, man. Like that's why I haven't moved to states because I love being in Europe. I just love I love Europe. I love people in Europe. I love food in Europe. So um, it's kind of different. Like people are super nice. We like to eat. We like to drink. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've heard. I'm I'm half Polish actually. Oh, are you? Yeah. So yeah. you also probably can handle a lot of alcohol oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my dad my dad's definitely used to be all about that polish. yeah my dad's my dad's i think full polish i'm pretty sure really yeah you know oh. what's funny like eight out of ten people i meet in u.s like they have like polish roots yeah a lot of people are super mixed like have all kinds yeah, of shit in yeah them. and that's amazing man that's yeah. amazing yeah it's like a melting pot here for sure that's like me i'm i'm part french part norwegian and then half korean so that's like crazy 25, man 50 yeah 
But you've been born and raised in the U.S., right? Yeah, I was born in Atlanta, so. Do you fly to Korea at all? I've never been. I want to go. Does your mom go? She she hasn't been in 35 years really? or something like that. That seems so weird because it, it, it seems like she would love to go back. She would. She loves it and reminisces about it. But I think she's worried that she's going to go back and it's like 35 years different. Like, yeah, I think it's not oh, the same true. place. Oh, interesting. A little have changed, right? Have you been to Seoul? Yes. I've I heard it's a, crazy. Dude, like personally, uh, I think it's one of my favorite cities in Asia ever. It's like super modern, uh, nice architecture, um, Nice views. I played a really, 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 really good show there on the uh, New Year's Eve. Oh, so oh, that must have been hyped then. It's been, it's been crazy. So that was the venue. You asked me previously if I like recall some venues I play, and I do. Uh, if it comes to this venue, for example, it was like in, in, inside a hotel, five thousand capacity uh, venue. I was mm-hmm. like, damn, how did that's, you guys fit this in? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. What hotel is that? And they had like proper production. I don't even remember. Uh, some Marriott chain. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I've heard Seoul is crazy. Fucking... I want to I go there for sure. Yeah. It's like, I feel like Seoul is like Los Angeles in 20 years from now, you know? Oh, that's cool. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're trying to visit like Japan at some point or Korea somewhere, somewhere like Australia, even Asia London. is huge if it comes to, like like electronic music right now. People are hyped. So it's kind of like back in US when like dubstep came, yeah. like 2013, like everybody was like, yeah, what the fuck is that? Dude, I saw so, like, what is it? Ultra Korea now yeah, they have? That yeah. shit looks crazy. It's man. crazy. It looks so hype. And what's funny, uh, for example, if it comes to the venues in Asia, uh, when you go to like, I don't know, like San Diego, uh, you have like three nice battle clubs, which everybody loves to go. Mm-hmm. In Asia, there's like 10,000 battle clubs, which are like super, all just super, super nice. fancy, super high end. I was, I was shocked at first. I was like, shit. And like, they growing so rapidly. Um, they're going to take over, do you, man. Do you get treated differently when you're out in Asia? Like how do they look to you as an artist? Like fans, promoters? Yeah. Um, I feel like fans are much more like dedicated over there uh, because mm. the whole music industry thing is still a new thing for them. And the promoters are like super nice to DJs, like super nice to like every DJ, no matter if you're small, medium, like huge artists, they're going to treat you the same. I feel like that's a lot of the Asian culture too. So yes. They are just like polite. Yeah. And, and I love it. That's why I love Play Asia so much because they actually care about artists. And it doesn't matter if you're like small artist or like a big artist, which I think it should be like everywhere. But unfortunately, it's Dude, not. I've seen DJs going over there and they just have like fans meeting them at the airport and yes, shit. That like, happens that is, a lot. That, not even that big of artists I see have fans just like with signs yeah. and shit. Well, at the t- right. So like, uh, for example, if we're speaking about stuff like that, when I was playing this one show in, um, I think, Indonesia, so after my show, people been chasing me to like take photos. Like a thousand people been like trying to take photos with me. <laughs> you get stampeded, like, oh, get stomped out. I was I was scared. I was like, oh fuck. But like they're so nice, man. I love Asia. That's cool. Yeah. Do you um so how do you do you do a lot of fan interaction stuff? Like go meet and greets or meet people after yes. shows? I think uh that's the thing that not every DJ do. And I think every DJ should do because, like, if not your fans, you would be nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my case, I would be still doing nine to five job. So, like, I'm always trying to do meet and greets. I'm always down for photos. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's just a way to say thank you to your fans to like support you. I think people would become like super fans too at that point. Like, you just yeah. meet them once and yeah. you're going to tell yeah. everybody yeah. for life, oh, I met Sick Dope. Yeah. And you know what, like, I hate when DJs go on Twitter and they say, I love my fans, without you guys, I would be nowhere. And then you meet those DJs at festivals and they just, like, act differently, you know? They're not the same. It's crazy. I fucking hate it. Yeah. I hate it, you know? But, like, it happens. 
Yeah. A lot. I mean, a lot of people we've met are pretty nice, but definitely just some people they just come off differently than they do on their, yes. for example, Instagram. Or and Twitter. I hate it because, like, for example, me, whatever I type, whatever I post, it's me. It's not like this sigged up character who's trying to be like nice or trying to be someone who's not. Uh, and I think like you just need to be honest with people, you know. Mm-hmm. For us, uh, also that fan to fan thing. So like you see out here in Woodstock, Georgia, mm-hmm. it's not like we're in the heart of LA or Atlanta or something. We we don't actually even get to go meet people like Sam Max fans and stuff. And it's crazy. We did this whole mini tour. It's like essentially like a private like music industry party, pretty much. Let's all hang out. And it's tiring, like like talking, it like. But it's yeah. awesome to see like people face and not like likes, follows, and comments. Yeah, it was cool to see like you know real people on the other end, you know, yeah. just like super appreciative and stuff. And like we love doing like the meet and greet and all that great stuff. You it, know? Yeah, it also helps like me personally because when you are like down or like depressed or like tired, and then you see so much love from people, and they're like, "Yo, like your music changed my life." I'm like, "Fuck!" So I'm just gonna keep doing this what I'm doing, you know. So, hey, what's the most dedicated thing you've seen a fan do that you're just like, I can't believe? Any tattoos? Tattoo, yeah. Tattoos? I, I got a couple of those. That's crazy, man. That's crazy, like, man. See, <laughs> put that on your body for your I was whole like, life. I'm not going to regret that. He was like, fuck no, man. Exactly. I'm like a diehard fan. I was like, <laughs> holy shit. That's awesome, man. He got, he got pissed. He's like, what, what the fuck? You talking about? <laughs> I show everybody this tattoo. <laughs> you know, like it's kind of like making uh, tattoos of your girlfriend names. It's mm-hmm. kind of risky because you never know so i have so much appreciation behind like people doing like artist tattoos on their bodies man yeah yeah i see people collect them they'll have a whole line of every artist i saw that that's crazy it's like it's pretty people are it's like a festival lineup on your hand right (laughs) we should they need to do interview at 20 and then also interview at 45 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then they'll start talking about like oh i'm not even into i used to like this i used to like this rock music now i used to like this sick dope guy back yeah, hey, hey, God, who is this sick dope guy? <laughs> oh, shit, dude. <laughs> Back hilarious. in my day. Back in my day, there was the opposite. <laughs> uh, where do you see our music project going in like the next 5, 10, 15 years? Uh, I think it's coming back to like what it used to be. I feel like um, some of the older sounds are coming back. People are doing a lot of 80s inspired music nowadays. Like... I feel it's just a constant rotation, like constant circle. So like nowadays, there's a lot of old shit that's coming back for sure, like ravey music. And in five, 10 years, who knows? You can get into some weird shit too. And people, yeah. people don't care yeah. if you get a little wonky these yeah. days. Yeah, I love it. Like I love when producers are trying to experiment and just like trying to produce something different and not like trying to be as the other guys, you know? Yeah, definitely. Do you see yourself uh, like touring for the rest of your life? Or do you I do. I, I actually do. And lately, I've been trying to stay healthier. So I'm like working out, trying to eat healthy because I want to do this shit for as long as I can. Do you see people? A lot of people like they go down the bad, uh, the bad rabbit hole with touring. Yeah, definitely. You know, like, and it's not only music industry. Like any industry got like you know like bad and good things. People are doing drugs. People are doing like alcohol, in extensive amounts. Uh, but I mean, you just need to try to stay healthy, like healthy mind, healthy body. And that's definitely helpful. Especially like with the long term, like you may be able to get Especially in the long term, because like when you're touring DJ, you're not sleeping much. So like lack of sleep can like make you depressed, can make you do a lot of stupid shit. So yeah. Does it ever get overwhelming with all the shows and stuff? Like, do you ever have to take a second? Like, yo, I need two weeks, like just to... Yes, yes. Like recently, um, 
we, we just had to like take like two weeks off from like touring and Jake, which is my manager, he was like, I'm gonna put it in your calendar, no shows for two weeks, focus on making music. Mm-hmm. It was like such a relief. I came back to the studio, I was so inspired, made a couple of songs, came back on tour again and give my 100% again. Do you play out those songs like instantly? Yeah, yeah. Is that like super helpful compared to when you just made music in your bedroom all the time? Yeah, man, it's crazy because like I have this privilege that when I'm making a song, I can test it out pretty much every week on like club system. That's awesome. So you can like fix things after the show. Um, I didn't have this privilege previously because I was playing like like eight hours set like once a month. Are you ever like fuck like your kick is just phasing like crazy? Oh, dude, or something? dude, so many times like um, this one song. It took me like fucking hundred versions to like make sounds good, you know. That's funny. I saw. Uh, I think it was Dada Life was talking about. They had this uh, this song they played out live, and the kick was just like so phasey. They had to just transition out of it. And Man, it it happens. Like oftentimes you finish mix down, and you're like, this is sounds really good. Then you go to the venue, play it on the clap sound system, and you're like, oops, <laughs> oopsie. <laughs> No, that's funny. Uh, is is like uh, the reactions of the live shows and stuff? Is that a good indicator if a song's going to do well? Yeah, uh, I definitely learned uh, which sounds work live and which aren't because, like previously, the stuff that I made in my bedroom and I thought it's going to work live, it didn't. So as a touring DJ, you kind of learn what type of sounds uh, are making people to move. You know, mm. do you try to make a little of both, or do you try to mostly focus? Yeah, on yeah, yeah. Stuff? I mean, like I'm trying to like. Uh, match those two worlds so I'm trying to please people uh, like musically but I'm also trying to make dance music you know mm. so people can dance uh, my intros oftentimes are like melodic and drops are heavy so I'm trying to compensate for you know for that yeah I think uh, people are getting really back into like the melodic stuff mm-hmm. lately I mean even like San Holo we saw uh, people fucking love him and he just does straight up melodic stuff live. So much which respect is weird. for this guy. It's weird yeah. to see live, like fucking. He's got a diehard fan playing. base, man. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Guitar. It's more like a concert than, than yeah, a DJ yeah, set, sure. which is so good, man. Like, I have so much respect for the guys who's doing like live acts now because it takes so much practice, so much stress, Dude, so, like travel them. with all the gear, man. I saw them in a, in an Airbnb set up for, before Red Rocks or something, and they had so much gear out. In, a, in an Airbnb, like, crazy, in an Airbnb just to set up that setup. was probably took them three hours. Right. So, like, me, I have my backpack, my carry on luggage, that's it. Those guys Do you prefer like, that? Dude, yes. I can so imagine. Good. So much stress. I mean, stress. me and Drew, even with Cymatics, like nowadays, it's a lot easier to manage like because we have, you know, f- with all the freelancer stuff, 40 plus people that are kind of moving. Yeah. But like in, at the beginning when me and Drew, our hands were tied to every bit, it's harder to like focus in on a certain thing, you know what of I'm course, saying? Of course, man. Yeah. And I mean, now it's cool because we do shit like this. You know what I'm saying? You just chill out for it's a It's so much easier, man, for like everything. Like back in the day when DJs had to like travel with vinyl. So like having those cases, <laughs> dude. It's crazy. Like some people don't realize how much easier it is to be a DJ now, you know? Yeah. Than it used to be back in Dude, the day. I can't imagine. Then you you gotta mark those things. You gotta mark where the songs are or something with a little piece of tape, right? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah, that Dude, it's fucking... it's crazy, man. Like vinyls like skipping. It's crazy, man. What it what, it's probably gonna get crazier, even than what it is now. Yeah. I mean, when I was starting out, I started using uh CDJs four hundred or mm-hmm. 450 that was uh yeah so that was like they had usbs and they had cds so i started on like cds mm. and that was pain in the ass because i had like this whole collection with like <laughs> songs and i was like going through that was so painful man and now you got record box it's like five minutes you're ready man yeah. it's easier uh, Where are we at on time real quick 
Oh, cool. Sweet. Hey, it's going really well, by the way. I think it's like literally going to be one of the best have ones. something good out oh, of it, man. Yeah. Plenty, I think plenty. a lot. I think people are going to fucking love this episode, man. Yeah, I, I can. So too. I can already Cats see it. And Korea, man. <laughs> <laughs> Cats in Korea. What's sick, dope? Hey, I was going to ask you. So, um, yeah. early days of like you and Mo. I think you were the Mo's first artist, correct? Yeah, and that's crazy, man. That's crazy because um, my first tour. I didn't have money for incidentals in the hotel. I didn't have like a credit card uh, limit, which allowed me to like put my credit card on hold every single show. So on my off days, I've been coming back to Mo's old place and I was sleeping in his living room for like a whole month back when he was like living uh, with his parents. So we literally started from like nothing. Now he's got yeah. a fucking, look at his house. Such Jesus a great Christ. guy. So. Um, <laughs> He definitely helped me a lot. We we grew together. Uh, we definitely learned a lot. So yeah, so much appreciation for this guy. What what was it like in the early days? Like, what kind of stuff were you guys trying to do to like promote your project and all that? Uh, so we've been signed to Bygor Management, and also Asaf was the one who also helped Mo and me. So like. It's crazy how many people Borgor helped. Dude, it you know? seems like he has a huge influence on yeah. the whole scene. He actually does, man. He actually does. Like, he's huge. He's huge. Like, as a person and as a producer. If not him, I, w I would be not talking to you guys now. Oh, that's crazy, man. If not him and Mo, yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's not... Especially even, like, I mean, what Mo's done with all the different projects. It's like, mm -hmm. holy shit. It's like everybody on you guys' team is fucking, like, top-notch. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because people think that those things happens like like this it didn't like we've been actually working so fucking hard since 2013 to like be where we are now it was it, it was the grind and a hustle you know how how was the early days was it fast or slow like growth wise how, like how long did it take you so when i got signed with mo as my manager it definitely like go like this you know because mm -hmm. like when i didn't have like a proper manager i didn't know what to do and it's funny because like back in 2013, I thought I know everything about the industry <laughs> and I didn't know shit, man. So, yeah. That's how you always feel when you look yeah. back. I feel yeah. like we think we know everything right now. Right now. now. And yeah. then you're right going to be in, in like five years, yeah. you're going to be like, holy shit, I was so stupid, man. Yeah, that's funny. That's, yeah, that, that's funny. I mean, like, look at this. Like, would you ever thought like five years ago that podcasts are going to be like If you told me eight you know? months ago, I would have been like, literally, I think that I idea has come up before. We're like, why, the, why would we ever start a podcast? But now it's like, wait a minute, this is the smartest thing we could do right it's now. It's amazing because you don't have to watch it. You can just listen to it and like anywhere. So and you get all the little clips out of it. Yep. And that's what I do on the planes. And uh, people are shocked because, for example, in my off time, I barely listen to electronic music. Because I'm playing so much electronic music yeah, like every day that I'm like tired. So I listen to everything except electronic music, like podcasts, uh, hip hop, metal, rock, just not EDM. <laughs> what kind of podcast do you listen to? Uh, H3H3. Yes. Um, That's heavy inspiration yeah, I, for this show. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. So so what we're going to start doing once we get the setup better is we're going to put a TV up here and we're going to pull up funny shit too. Yeah, we're going to oh, do it. We're going to do it similar such to him. a good idea. Yeah, we're, we're working on it. We're just doing one step. This is only like uh, in this actual room probably our fifth podcast. We yeah. did a lot in LA. but Like eight um, in LA. It looks pro as fuck. Yeah, yeah we, I went in on the setup a little bit. but uh, It's crazy because like a lot of the hard work comes from setting all this mm -hmm. shit up, the live broadcast, the switching, you know what I'm saying? And then after that, 
we get to sit down and like this and just talk no, yeah. we just and sit you don't care about anything and right? when it's done it's like the video is just edited yeah, we already we'll be able to watch this right then so and essentially cool. you can produce your own tv show that's what we're yeah essentially doing you know it's so good man yeah and, and plus like uh in, in our opinion like this thing's gonna take a long time to grow because it's a fucking grind you know what i'm saying like joe rogan's put out over 1,000 episodes like he's on like yeah. 1500 yeah. and he's crazy man like this guy's blasting content like constantly yeah. that's crazy and like i think he he said in one of the podcasts that his team is not so big that he I only got like a couple people yeah and then it's really like on the actual working on the show it's his, his him and his Jamie. buddy Jamie yeah. right so it's like him. two people yeah, yeah that, that's like, crazy it seems like they don't have anybody else in the building as far as like actually tell. I think H3H3 H3, they have more people working yeah, yeah they do they, like he has a, well he has a more serious setup he said he has one of the most cameras I think because he has like eight cameras uh-huh. um, which is like pretty intense he probably has a speci- uh, obsessive to detail like you can yeah. tell 10,000 angles yeah, yeah. You, you but tell. I love it the, his, his show comes out so cool dude the shit that. he goes over is fucking hilarious sometimes or crazy like, bro yeah that's what we're trying you to do you do not want to be on H3H3 I'll tell you right now if I you're feel on H3H3 if, that's not good if I would go there they would fucking roast me man I'd be like <laughs> I would cry and just come back to Poland and never fly to States again man what if you see you're, you're just listening to episodes you're like did you see this sick dope guy on that podcast oh, episode shit. <laughs> <laughs> he, let, let's pull this this, this motherfucker up I would not quick. be surprised man I would not be surprised because they have no filter man like Eaton, this guy just savage, says what right? he do. Yeah, I love his show, but I'm like, oh man, we're I, trying to we're trying to make ours a little bit more open format, even like that in the future. We're gonna do it just with us two too a lot of the time because there's like no proper like, I mean, kind of like quote EDM yeah. uh, surround or podcast. just music industry, yeah, there's or like music many, industry you know? podcast, you know, and you can like hear so much like inspirational stuff about like everything, not only music, you know. Plus, I think uh, what we were talking about earlier, like. It's such a big deal, in my opinion, for people to see, you know, even this side of you. Not mm-hmm. only the shows and the music, but yeah. also, like, who who is, you know what I'm saying? Who is who is the girl? guy who's making this weird fucking yeah. music in 150 <laughs> BPM? Yeah, and, that's and, me. And I, and I think that I think that more people that like David are going to, like, then be like, oh, I really fucking love the music, or I definitely want to go see the show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. Dude, it's interesting. There's artists that I like, their personal brand, they'll come out with a shitty ass song and I'll defend it. Like, this is a great song. But deep down, I kind of know, but like, I love their brand so much. You know what I mean? You get but, so invested in the person. You know, like, uh, it's funny because you think that on a certain level as a producer, you only make like good songs. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes I make a songs that are fucking embarrassing. Bro. Like, <laughs> for real, it, it, it happens all the time. So, like, it's not that after like, 10 years of experience you're not gonna make bad songs you're definitely gonna make bad songs you know but like mm-hmm. part of the life man what do you do if you have like writer's block or just making shitty song after yeah and that's what i had to learn because i was like previously i was forcing myself i need to finish this i need to finish this mm-hmm. and nowadays i'm just like i'm just gonna take day off play some play some games go to the gym around yeah, i think that's good try to do anything else but music and then come back the next day and try again because like forcing yourself to do something is not good man and i used to do this shit all the time yeah i think it makes it come out yeah. rushed and plus like nowadays um because i've been just like tired sometimes you know of, mm-hmm. like i was like fuck i cannot finish this song so like for now for example i don't i don't do music on on sundays at all because oh, really? like sundays for me are like off everything so i'm just like doing whatever i want um and i think that's healthy to not produce every single day because that can like fry you mentally you know yeah, yeah. my uh, my buddy was telling me he works with a zoo's management company you know zhu mm-hmm. uh, yeah. 
Yeah, he said Zoo takes off, I think, like, I don't know if it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but Saturday and Sunday at least, like, every, for the past hour. Yeah, years, and that's week. what I'm trying to do, too. So, but maybe not Saturday and Sunday, mm -hmm. but Sundays, I never do. I don't reply on emails unless it's Jake. <laughs> then I'm going <laughs> to reply. Like, but, but, like, but Jake yeah, goes but in. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't produce shit, man. I'm just, like, watching Netflix, catching yeah. up with, like, TV series, and that's it. And then on Monday, I'm like fuck yeah, I'm, I'm ready to blast some bases. Yeah. For, so for the producers, so there's a lot of producers in our community that are trying to get to your point, like festivals, mm -hmm. worldwide tour. I mean, you were doing exactly what a lot of people want. Like, what do you think some advice for guys who are still in the bedroom phase who want to get to that plane shows and touring phase like, and can help get to your spot? Like, what do you think is the best piece of advice for them? Um, just work on your craft. Don't give up. Uh, if I, guy from Poland, fucking playing eight-hour sets can like play festivals now we also can like believe me like i've seen it all i've seen it all and i would say um don't rush it because i made this huge mistake when i was starting out that i was sending to labels personally any song i finished so it doesn't matter if it's good or bad i was just sending everything mm -hmm. don't send everything work on your craft uh be sure that your mix downs are on point be sure that your music is in point and then try to move forward because there, there is no rush if you want to keep this career going. I think, yeah, I think that's really important for people here because so many people, like I was at, uh, when we did our little industry tour thing and we're meeting a lot of fans, there were some people like, I've been producing a couple months, how should I promote this? I'm like, no, that, it, it, it doesn't work like that. Like <laughs> my music didn't took off like till like 2015, like for real, man, 14, 15. So yeah. I've, I've been producing for like three years before like I got like a little bit of, of success, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's important. Plus, I, I think the, the more I talk to more and more artists, I think that the manager thing, too, because it's almost like having a partner. You know what I'm saying? Because yes. doing it alone to try to be a master at the music and the business and the marketing and the thing that's going to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is, is nearly impossible. Like, managers are kind of like parents. So, for example, when your dad is teaching you how to ride a bike, the manager is teaching you how to ride this music industry thing, you know? So you're not getting, like, used by people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of like protecting yeah. artists and stuff. Yeah. I would say, like... 60% of your success uh, is a good team behind you, you know, who's going to support you, who's going to help you. Uh, if not the proper team, you're not going to like How do you do go anything. about finding them? Um, if you're going to be a good producer, they're going to find you, like mm -hmm. for real, like for real. Um, so Mo is looking for artists himself. So it's not that like you only got to like send like your promos. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people just going to find you, you know. Is uh, so like let's pretend somebody is trying to get in with Mo and they have an amazing sound. Like, what's the best medium you'd say for like a newer producer to try to get connected with somebody like a Mo or like you know what I'm saying like a Borgor? Because you uh, got to, you got there's to like meet. no rule. Like I DM'd Borgor, you know, like I literally DM him. I was like, yo, can I meet you during your concert in in Poland? He was like, fuck yeah, come through. So like there there is there is no rule, man. So it's not like you got to go and like write official email, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's awesome. Everybody should do that here. Yeah. DM every artist has DM. come in town. Mm -hmm. I, Use that's DMs, why, man. That's why you're here. We just shot yeah. an email over. Yeah. Yo, you're in town. Yes. You know? <laughs> I'm in town, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's definitely some uh, good Dude, advice I mean, for I, people. I, I remember. First of all, don't be don't be scared, man. Like everybody is like chill, you know. Yeah. Dude, I remember I uh, I what did I do? I sent a Snapchat of a remix I made like. This was probably like four, five, six years ago now to Lewis the Child, and they played it out like the, a few days yeah. later at uh, a festival. So yeah, I, mean, I went there, and met up with them. Yeah, right? they're like, bro, so like I found <laughs> so easy. many, I found so many good songs because like people tag me on on something like, yo, mm -hmm. check it out, and yeah. I'm actually like listening to like almost every promo I got. 
um i'm getting like a lot of promos nowadays but like like i found such a golden songs in those promos from like producers that are like unknown you know there's so yeah. much talent in this industry that's like Dude, it's yet crazy, not man. discovered yeah and also like kids that are like 16 they're now fucking it's crazy, crazy good man. with like the 14 Bro, year olds and stuff they're you... killing it they know much more than i do man, it's for real, man. And i'm stuff, like man. fuck it's dude it's, it's not it's weird man the scary ones are, are the 14 and 15 year olds i say they've been producing since they're eight that's a real thing and it's now. crazy it's like fucking tony hawk of the music production dude, I was you know playing kickball in the street when i was eight yeah i was not doing dude. music yeah, i was playing super smash bros <laughs> in that's 64 crazy, you know what i'm saying that's crazy and they're good in like any acts but like sound design mixing i'm that's like crazy man fuck do you know all this shit being like no, 16 it's be cool man. in like 10 years i noticed that with everything right now because the internet like basketball has gotten way yeah. crazy or skateboarding yeah. pretty much anything I mean, like, the learning curve became, like, so much faster nowadays because yeah. of the internet and, like, videos, tutorials, uh, classes, webinars, all this shit, you know? So, Plus, I think you see what's possible out there. So yeah. you, you don't limit yourself as yeah, much. Yeah, also, shit. do you have anything else you've gotten really good at, you say, like, music that you're kind of passionate about, but that's, like, not related, per se? Uh... I like working out lately, just, just, just being healthy. If I'm not on the gym, I feel, I feel bad, you know? And I'm not trying to, like, get, like, huge or jacked up. I'm just trying to, like, stay healthy. Steven's trying to get jacked. I'm right trying now. to get jacked. You're I, trying I to get jacked? Jack, I just gotta... <laughs> go for it, my man. I got, no, not, not crazy jacked. He started three days ago. Yeah, so I had... I, I used to, training. yeah, I, I used to think that too when I was younger, but nowadays it's more about health because, mm -hmm. like... I need to like compensate for my lack of sleep with something, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, that's definitely huge. Do you take yeah. a lot of naps and shit when you're like traveling now? Uh, I do. I do. Like that's definitely helpful. For example, when I'm like flying internationally, then I have this show on the same day. I definitely will take like 20 minutes nap. Uh, not longer because then I'm feeling like moody, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you want to uh, segment a little bit into what you got going on right now? Like what do you want? Like kind of like a little plug for what you want people to know about releases tours, yes schedule. so as people figured out i've been experimenting lately a lot with those 150 songs sounds so i got like couple big 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 singles on the way um in those kind of vibes but like people who've been my og fans are gonna be also happy because we have also some bass housey songs some melodic songs so we got like a lot of stuff coming out soon no that's fucking sick yeah. and we're about to we're about, we're about to, do to a break one down we're about to do a production and gonna, workshop and we're gonna sit on one of the upcoming songs soon hopefully yeah. see some saucy production secrets who knows man <laughs> um cool cool well do you want to transition to the, the end wanna, of it and then yeah, going into can, the are we audio do a giveaway? yeah we should giveaway yeah go for it cool all right so uh we're gonna do a giveaway for the episode you guys know how it is there's going to be uh we're gonna give away five 100 gift cards is mm -hmm. that what we're doing five 100 time ask gift cards all you have to do uh there should be a, a link to enter below and then comment on the youtube channel what the favorite part of this podcast was cats so please please say cats, cats <laughs> guy stealing his shoes cats and jake crazy moment with jake whatever it may be earthquakes um uh yeah just comment your favorite moment we'd really appreciate it, it kind of lets us know where to steer the conversations and uh anything else before we go into no. it all right now we're gonna go to the audio only portion which means uh we're gonna go over favorite plugins it's gonna be a lightning round of questions sure. <laughs> different production techniques but you can only check it out on spotify soundcloud yeah and apple music other, do we yeah. have other ones i mean we're on the apple podcast app the whole nine so yeah check that out starting so, so that cut goes to the audio, and then everybody from YouTube goes, oh, let me go watch the rest okay. on Spotify. Can we, um, can we add one more question to that? I think we should talk about snakes. There's just like a cool story behind it. Uh, that'd be oh. Cool. You know what I'm talking about. Right? I'd, I'd like to Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For what? Yeah. During this? Uh, oh. Just for like the, the podcast part, if we could add one more question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fuck it. Just a cool story I got denied by everyone, and then one person 
Oh, that's fuck cool. it. I mean, dude, even talking about that. This, Jake, why are you hold? Why are you holding the sauce for this long, man? <laughs> you, you, I told you could interrupt, man. We all right, all right. Fuck that. We're not cutting to it yet. Let's hear the snake story are we, first. Are we still rolling? Yeah, we're still. Okay. Dude, we're always rolling, man. So yeah, man, snakes. Uh, that's kind of interesting because this is one of my biggest songs uh, after like straight unicorn zombie apocalypse, and it didn't take me so much to finish it because like I was on the flight from US and I was like super inspired. I came back to my studio and I came with this idea of the drop and which I felt is like super original and it literally took me like a week to finish the song. And sometimes it takes me like a month or like six months to, to finish a song. So I sent it to Mo and he was like, dude, this is fucking huge. I was like, oh, you think? Because I didn't, I didn't think that, that the song is going to be like so big. So, uh, Calvin Harris picked it up, signed it to his label. Uh, we released it back in 2015, 16. It was going like going all right, but like year after that, it just blew up again. And I don't know mm. why, man. Like this tune like took off year later. That's crazy. That, That's, that is crazy. And DJs are still playing this song like in 2019. Like Martin Garrix played the song like every single set. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you think that's, that's what helped it a lot, the people playing it live? And the, the Definitely. Live I feel that the fact that DJs are playing your songs live is definitely helpful to, like, build your career. That's, that's a big factor. And, like, the fact that Tiesto was one of the first guys who started to playing this song, like, pretty much each set. And then other DJs being like, oh, what is this song? Then Martin Garrix, all of mm -hmm. the other DJs. So, yeah. It, you know what's crazy is that me and Drew would always notice, like, because Tomorrow World used to be here, right? Mm -hmm. Before they closed that one down. And every, uh, I remember every year, there was always like those couple of songs you'd hear at every stage. You right. Know what I'm saying? Like and Animals One Year. And was I, that yeah. Was it a yeah. Tremor? Yeah, though? Tremor, uh, Dimitri Vegas. Oh, dude, yeah. like Tremor is still played. It's still played, man. So I feel that Snakes is one of those songs. I'm super proud of it, man. Yeah. No, oh, that's really fucking cool. awesome. Cool. So now the official switch to the audio only. Boom. Cool. All right, so the first question is, um, what are your top three VST plugins that you're using a lot right now? Not necessarily like ever, but the ones that got you, get you excited right now. Okay, so uh, definitely the plugin from Sonarworks, uh, which just helps to like balance the signal mm -hmm. of monitors and headphones. Uh, CLA 3A compressor, love it. Uh, using it on, on many, 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 many things. And... Pro Q3 from from Fab Filter, love this EQ. Oh man. yeah, it's so good, man. Love this EQ. Yeah. You said CLA. Yeah. Is that the vocal one? It's uh the one from Wave CLA 3A. So it's a it's a compressor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I got a question. What's the best like uh, piece of advice? I know there's a lot of stuff, but piece of advice you can give for people trying to get better at songwriting. Uh, just don't try to force it, man. Just don't try to force it. Um, cause you don't have to know like music you know, like how to, how to play piano to write good melodies. That mouse is a good example. He don't know how to like call notes, but he made such a good melodies. So just go with the feel, man. Do you know how to uh, like play piano and stuff? Yes, because I was in a music school. So oh, okay. I, was, I, was, I was fortunate <laughs> enough to be raised in a music family, but it's not impossible to write great melodies uh, even without knowing notes. No, so, I completely agree, man. Yeah. No, oh, cool. All right. And uh, another question is like, what... What do you see the biggest mistake that big like newer producers are making that are kind of hurting their career a bit? Um, they don't reference their tracks with other tracks, you know. Like that was like the biggest thing that helped me to pr like 
improve my mixdowns was like doing references and doing references properly. So like check the mono signal, check the stereo signal in comparison to like other songs that you know are like properly mixed down. So yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely yeah. a huge one. Yeah. I mean, I started doing that after you were talking about when you that's were That's like the do. that's like the biggest that thing that helped me like to get better in like mix downs. Just understanding how properly mix down song sound, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite spot you like to listen to a mix and check it? In my studio because I know it so well. And it's not about the studio, it's about knowing how things sound in your studio. So yeah. you don't have to get like the fucking most expensive gear on earth to do good mix downs. I feel like you can do good mix downs on the stuff that you know, on the monitors you know, on the headphones you know. So it's not about the gear, it's about getting used to the stuff, how it sounds in your environment. Dude, Zomboy talked about doing a lot of his old mix downs in like Beats Pro, I think, or something. He's a fucking beast. Man, and that's true, man, because like when you know how something should, and that's when, again, reference tunes coming in handy because you know how properly mix down song sounds in this environment mm-hmm. specifically. So, yeah. For me, I remember like car. I know my car. Oh, you know what I'm car is amazing because usually you have like huge bass in it, right? Yeah. No, I think that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Cool. We got one last question? Uh, No, I think that's it. Cool. Well, yo, this up. was, yeah, this was a fire fucking yeah, interview, man. Yeah, this one man. came out good. 